hear you. Boat engine. Listen, I don't want you to worry if you don't hear from me. And if some guy shows up looking for me, don't tell him anything. Unless it's Sam Hooker. Tell Sam Hooker he can kiss my exhaust pipe. Guys? What guys? And what do you mean, don't tell them anything? I have to go. I have to... Oh, shit. I heard a woman scream in the background, and the line went dead. Baltimore is cold in January. The wind whips in from the harbor and slices up the side streets, citywide. We get a couple snowstorms each year and some freezing rain, but mostly we get bone-chilling gray gloom. In the midst of the gray gloom, pots of chili bubble on stoves, beer flows like water, sausages are stuffed into hard rolls, and donuts are a necessity to survival. Miami, it turns out, is hot in January. I take in the midday flight out of BWI, arriving in Miami mid-afternoon. When I left home, I was wrapped in a quilted down-filled coat, cashmere Burberry scarf, fleece-lined boots, and heavy-duty shearling mittens. Perfect for Baltimore. Not great for Miami. On arrival, I'd crammed the scarf and mittens into the medium-sized duffel bag that hung from my shoulder, wrapped my coat around the duffel bag handle, and went in search of a taxi stand. Sweat was soaking into my Victoria's Secret miracle bra. My hair was plastered to my forehead, and I was sucking in air that felt like hot soup. I'm thirty years old now, average height and average build. I'm not movie star gorgeous, but I'm okay. My hair is naturally mousy brown, but I started bleaching it blonde when I decided to stop being a grease monkey. It's currently platinum and cut in a medium-length shaggy kind of style that I can punk up with paste if the occasion arises. I have blue eyes, a mouth that's a little too big for my face, and a perfect nose inherited from my grandma Jean. My parents took Bill and me to Disney World when I was nine. That's the extent of my in-the-flesh Florida experience. The rest of my Florida knowledge consists mainly of horrific bug stories from my mom's friend, Elsie Dutchin. Elsie winters in Ocala with her daughter. Elsie swears there are cockroaches as big as cows in Florida, and she said they could fly. I'm here to tell you if I see a cow-sized cockroach fly by, I'm gone. I gave Bill's address to the cab driver, and I sat back and watched Miami roll past the window. In the beginning, there was a lot of concrete road stretching forward into a confusing jumble of intersections and turnoffs. The turnoffs spiraled away to superhighways, and the superhighways flattened and went on forever. After a few minutes, the Miami skyline appeared in the distance in front of me and I had the feeling I was on the road to Oz. Palm trees lined the road. The sky was azure. Cars were clean. Exotic stuff for a girl from Baltimore. We rolled across the Causeway Bridge, leaving Miami behind, moving into Miami Beach. My stomach felt hollow, 
and I had a white-knuckle grip on my bag. I was worried about Bill. And my anxiety was increasing as we drew closer to his apartment. Hey, I told myself, relax. Pry your fingers off the bag. Bill's okay. He's always okay. Like a cat lands on his feet. True, he wasn't answering his phone. And he hadn't reported in for work. No reason to panic. This was Wild Bill. He didn't always prioritize in the normal fashion. This was the guy who missed his high school graduation because en route to the ceremony he found an injured cat on the side of the road. He took the cat to the vet and wouldn't leave until the cat was out of surgery and awake. Of course, he could probably still have made the ceremony if only he hadn't felt the need to seduce the vet's assistant in examining room number three. The troublesome part about my late-night phone call from Bill was the woman screaming. This was a new twist on Bill's usual call. My mother would freak if she knew about the call, so I'd said nothing and boarded a plane. My plan was to somehow get into Bill's apartment and make sure he wasn't lying on the floor dead. If he wasn't dead on the floor and he wasn't hanging out watching television, my next stop would be the marina. He was on a boat when he called me. I thought I might have to find the boat. Beyond that, I was clueless. The Causeway Bridge fed into Fifth Avenue in South Beach. Fifth was three lanes in each direction, with a grassy island in the middle. Businesses lined both sides of the road. The driver turned right at Meridian Avenue, went one block, and pulled to the curb. I was in a neighborhood of single-family bungalows and blocky two-story stucco apartment buildings. The lots were small. The vegetation was jungle. Cars were parked bumper to bumper on both sides of the two-lane street. Bill's apartment building was yellow with turquoise and pink trim and looked a lot like a cheap motel. There were wrought iron security bars on the windows. In fact, most of the buildings on the street had barred windows. In Baltimore, bars on windows would be found in conjunction with gang graffiti, street garbage, burned-out crack houses, and broken-down cars. None of those things were present in this neighborhood. This neighborhood looked modest, but neatly maintained. I paid the driver and trudged up the walkway that led to the apartment entrance. Moss grew between paving stones. Overgrown flowering bushes and vines spilled onto the sidewalk and raced up the yellow stucco building. And the air smelled sweet and chemical. Bug spray, I thought. I was probably a step behind the exterminator. Best to keep my eye out for the cow-sized cockroach. Lizards skidded across the walk in front of me and clung to the stucco walls. I didn't want to prejudge Miami Beach, but the lizards weren't doing a lot for me. The building was divided into six apartments, three up and three down, six front doors on the ground level. Bill lived in an end apartment on the second floor. I didn't have a key. If he didn't answer his doorbell, 
I'd try the neighbors. I rang the bell and looked at the door. There were fresh gouges in the wood around the lock and the deadbolt. I tried the doorknob, and the door swung open. Damn! I'm not an expert on criminal behavior, but I didn't think this was a good sign. I pushed the door farther open and looked inside. Small entrance foyer with stairs leading up to the rest of the apartment. No sounds drifting down to me. No television, talking, scuffling around. Hello, I called. I'm coming up, and I have a gun. This was a big fat lie shouted out for a good cause. I figured in case there were bad guys going through the silverware drawer, this would encourage them to jump out the window. I waited a couple beats, and then I cautiously crept up the stairs. I'd never thought of myself as being especially brave. Aside from my short career at racing stocks, I don't do a lot of wacky, risky things. I don't like scary movies or roller coasters. I never wanted to be a cop, firefighter, or superhero. Mostly, my life has been putting one foot in front of the other, moving forward on autopilot. My family thought it took guts for me to go to college, but the truth is, college was just a way to get out of the garage. I love my dad, but I was up to here with cars and guys who knew nothing else. Call me picky, but I didn't want a romantic relationship where I was second in line to a customized truck. I got to the top of the stairs and froze. 